podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of the MLS UK Show Stoppage Time. I'm Henry Hewitt and as always I'm joined by... Elliot Holman. Hope you're doing good. I am good, Elliot. Very, very hot though. We're having a bit of an Indian summer in the UK. Um, no aircon. None of us have aircon because what's the point in it? So uh, we're all very sweaty. I feel this t-shirt I'm wearing is stuck to me. Um, we we normally would try and do an episode uh, now that the baby's born and in between my baby being born. Uh, I think we're going to try and do an episode at yours. But as uh, as OGs of the MLS UK show will remember, uh, your office slash studio tends to get very warm when it's hot outside. So it's probably for the best yeah. that we are at our own houses. I actually think this is the coolest room in the house at the minute because um, everything was off. Uh, it's got no windows, so there's no heat coming in. Um, I've actually brought Aurelia in, so my daughter's just chilling, uh, doing her first podcast, first trip to the studio, because um, she's roasting and it's actually quite nice in here. She's gone straight off to sleep and let's be honest, this podcast isn't going to wake her up. Well, now you say that, I wish I would be at yours now, because in uh, here in my office in Manchester, I've got a window right in front of me, and uh, yeah, it's yeah, I'm, I, if I can get through the next twenty minutes without sweating, then it'll be an achievement. So uh, let's rush on, let's get through, let's talk about MLS. As you know by now, stoppage time is the MLS UK show episode where we talk about all the latest goings on in MLS, and inevitably that will involve Leo Messi. Um, I know we're sounding a bit like a broken record. Every episode we talk about Leo Messi, but news follows him, interest follows him, and no more so than at the weekend. It was LAFC versus Inter Miami, and some of the people in the crowd talk about names. Selena Gomez, Leo DiCaprio, uh, Prince Harry was there as well for a British interest. Um, this seemed like a big moment for MLS, didn't it? Yeah, it's almost like we're doing our old radio show talking about all the showbiz goss. Um, all the showbiz goss is literally MLS now. Um, bit of a full circle moment. Myself and Henry started doing this podcast um, because while the songs were on, when we were doing a, a radio show, um, we kind of just got talking about MLS and I managed to convince him to watch a few games. Um and on my radio show, which is not meant to be anything to do with football, um, MLS did get a mention the other day for this very reason. All the stars were there um, and seemingly loving it as well. Like not just not just there to be seen, but really taking it in. Yeah, they were. I mean, Christian Pulisic has, uh, has come out in response to it and kind of said, yeah, they were all invited and they weren't there to watch Messi and can all these people next turn up to the uh, the US men's national team game? Christian, we we kind of felt that would be the case, but no one wants to say it. We just want to have the crowd pan to Selena Gomez when Messi's has a shot saved and she's looking shocked. Um, but, uh, I mean, let's talk about a spoil sport. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, it, was, it was great seeing all that interest. And, and, you know, as you just said there, is that, a result of this, whether they got invited or not, is that on Monday in the UK and around the world, it was, oh, look at all these celebrities in one place watching MLS. That was the story. That was the headline. And uh, I think it was great for the league. And uh, it was a good match as well. I think Inter-Miami have really shown what they're worth now. Uh, going to LAFC, winning 3-1. Although, uh, by some of the reaction of, of some of the LAFC players... 
Um, I think they, they were just enjoying the moment rather than actually, you know, wanting to get the three points. Yeah, if you're playing Messi, I mean, potentially once in a lifetime opportunity, isn't it? So uh, take the L and make sure you get a selfie. Yeah, well, Dennis Buwanga obviously didn't have his best game. Uh, had a few misses and then afterwards posted just a picture of Messi. Not him and Messi, uh, but the, the actual one he shared to his story was just Messi and he said the goal. And I think that rubbed a few players, a few people, a few players, a few fans up the wrong way. Uh, the fact that he did have a poor game. Uh, Chiellini has come out and said that uh, Messi's Miami are the best team he's ever faced in MLS, which, I mean, he's, there's not much competition, I don't think. Maybe his own team or maybe Philadelphia could be competition, but still, it's a bit of a compliment, isn't it? Yeah, we talked about this in uh, in the last episode. It's not just Messi, is it? It's, it's the other players that they've been allowed to add as well. So, um, they are a, a real force, a really, really difficult team to come up against. Um, Chiellini's not been there forever. Um, there's been some very, very good MLS teams in the past, but of course his LAFC are definitely up there. Um, I, I, I really feel like next year is Miami's year. Whatever happens now, this season, whether they make playoffs or not, next year is, is where it's almost inexcusable that they don't just win everything. Yeah, that's true. You can see it happening, can't you? I can. To be fair, we we have seen um, I don't know in the in playoffs before teams that have been destined to win and then they just miss out. Something happens in a playoff match. I can kind of see that happening with Miami. I think they will get to the playoffs, but then I don't know. The Messi's first defeat is bound to happen somewhere. Um, so I, I think that could happen. But I agree with you, and I've said it on previous podcasts next year. It is the Messi show. Um, I do feel sorry for... We're going to come back to um, Messi in a moment because Carlos Vela has been talking about the impact that Messi's made. But uh, just on this note, I want to talk... Um, you know, you were really keen to talk about a few of the other teams in MLS who have been doing very well. One of those is St. Louis. And I feel that if it wasn't for Messi, this season would be the St. Louis season. I know Cincinnati fans will have something to say about that, but the way they've come into the league, the six points clear in the West... Do you feel sorry for them that uh, Messi has kind of overtook what what could have been? Yeah, and no, I I really do. Nobody saw it coming. I think it's it, it's almost a bigger story in a way. If you're a fan of MLS, I think this is the bigger story. Um, so St. Louis coming into the league, like you say, Cincinnati might have something to say about it. Well, sure, because they came into the league they'll be the first to admit they were horrible. They were awful. One of the worst teams we've ever seen. Uh, and that continued season after season until this year. Um, and to be honest with you, St. Louis, no one expected it. They came in with a roster that didn't particularly have any real full MLS experience of players that had played thousands of minutes in the league previous. And they sit top of the West uh, 15 wins, two draws. It's a fantastic start to MLS life. And all the headlines have been about Messi and they're just quietly going about their business. Even five away wins, which is which is really impressive. It is, yeah. And uh, they didn't quite manage to get over the line and get a win on uh, Saturday against SKC. But just looking at the, the crowd, they bring in a lot more, I think, St. Louis than just what's on the pitch. You know, they were away and they, there was a lot of people there from St. Louis. I know I say only in the UK, only a four hour drive is still a long drive. But in the States, it's different. So it is only a four hour drive from um, SKC to 
St. Louis, I believe. So maybe it is like seen as a bit of a local game. But still, to have that many fans in the stadium, especially when the goal went in and you can see this sort of uh, pink uh, fuchsia shirts, you know, in the crowd was great to see. I think they're bringing a lot to the league. And, and yeah, you know, it's they've been so good. You know, you look at some of the teams in the West, you look at the Seattles and LAFCs and they are above them. They're six points clear at the top. Okay, you could look and go, well, if you look at the East, you've got Cincinnati. Orlando are actually on the same points as St. Louis. Uh, but I just think what they are bringing other than that is just fantastic. And it's great to see. And I, and, uh, I would I would love to see St. Louis, probably more than Messi getting to MLS Cup. I would love to see St. Louis do it in their first season. Yeah, thank you for mentioning Orlando. I, I wasn't going to. Uh, <laughs> four four uh, wins in their last five home games, St. Louis. Um, one over half their games overall. It's a fantastic start. You don't see that. Um, you know, the likes of Atlanta maybe are the, is the last time that, that we saw this, but they they arrived with a roster full of, full of superstars. St. Louis have done it a really, really different way, a different approach. And yeah, full credit to them. Yes, uh, a few defeats recently for St. Louis, so it'd be interesting to see how they uh, head into this last stage of the regular season. Um, but I think on the whole, the consistency they've showed in general has been fantastic. Um, well, we can't talk about St. Louis without talking about FC Cincinnati then. They are the first team to clinch their spot. I know you love that word. Clinch their spot in um, in the MLS Cup playoffs for the closed season. Um, they've been fantastic, haven't they? About, apart from that defeat to Columbus a few weeks ago, they've been they have been the team to watch. They've been brilliant. There may be another Cincinnati defeat that we need to well, talk about as well. Maybe nah, their I think the, first I think, defeat I think the Columbus at home. Is the only one we need to talk about. <laughs> uh, they've only lost one home game all season, uh, and that was last weekend. Against Orlando. Um, but yeah, fantastic season. Um, I, honestly, they've made that place a fortress. Really difficult place to go. Um, unless you're Orlando. Um, and to be honest with you, it's a completely different Cincinnati, isn't it? Um, you know, St. Louis took us by surprise, but Cincinnati took us by surprise as well by turning it around. And they have been phenomenal this season. Um, tell you what, half their games at home, they've not even conceded a goal. It absolutely it's just the stats are stunning like they are incredible and um i think they're going all the way yeah well you mentioned before how bad they were when they first came into mls and i feel there was about two years ago there was a real moment where cincinnati they kind of came together and thought right we really need to address this we can't just stay bottom of the conference consistently become a joke we need to address it we did address it uh, you know, in that post sort of Yap Stam era, and it, they've addressed it so well. They look so good. Last year, they were they were very good, um, and I think that was a great transition season into this year. And yeah, they have been fantastic. It's been great to see. And and Cincy now again, you take out Messi's my Miami's, you would have Cincy's hot favourites to win MLS Cup. Um, although it is very difficult, as we know. Uh, and as every team at Barry and LAFC know, it is very difficult when you have been dominant in the league season to then turn it round in MLS Cup playoffs. So uh, I'm sure Cincinnati fans are aware of that. I'm sure they're cautious of that. So we'll wait and see. Along with St. Louis, how they do in the playoffs. Um, I tell you what, let's move on to a team that are probably looking at Cincinnati and as a bit of inspiration. How do you take your team from bottom, rock bottom, up to the top? 
Uh, I know Colorado had a good season a few years ago. They've had a few stinkers, and as a result of that, they've fired their head coach. Um, they're rock bottom, Elliot. This is this has got to be the right decision. They've got to look somewhere else now, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm surprised it took this long, to be honest. Um, Colorado, you know, a bit of perspective. Uh, a, a team I really like, to be honest with you, but also a team that have never really been a powerhouse in the whole time that I've been watching MLS. You know, they have struggled mostly on the whole. Um, there's been a few outlying seasons, but in, in general, not being good. Um, three defeats on the bounce, haven't won in their last five. Uh, and, and their last game that they won was was the start of July against uh, Dallas. Before that, I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, a game of nine, a run of nine games without a win it's it's really bad really bad um so yeah a hundred percent time for a change and one home win all season that's not going to keep you in the job unfortunately no it's not and he's such a shame because he seems such a great guy and I think a lot of a reaction from Colorado fans were like not you know they were quite respectful I felt but saying that he's a great guy probably hasn't been um, you know, he, he probably hasn't been supported well enough by the people above him. Uh, but yeah, the results on the pitch haven't been good enough. Um, you know, I know Colorado, we talked about it a few um, a few weeks ago. It could have been a few months ago and the rate we've been doing episodes this summer. Uh, but about the, the owners at Colorado, of course, like the Cronkies are, are putting more money into trying to get a new stadium and stuff like that. Then something needs to happen because... I see Colorado at the moment as a team where every now and again they'll have a really good season, but there's no consistency there. They ain't continuously making playoffs every year. They will have a really great season, famously have won MLS Cup before, and then it goes back to square one, and that has happened this time. Um, that game you mentioned at the start of July, that was the last time they scored a goal as well. So, yeah, it's just not been a great summer for them, and uh, they'll be looking to uh, to improve uh, drastically um, do you think that uh, they should be bringing in a manager now bringing a full time head coach help him work with the players until the end of the season and then look to next season or do you think they can get away with keeping with like an interim head coach and then looking in the close season seeing what the options are I think it depends what approach the club are going to take roster wise um, if this is if this is all that they have if, if there isn't going to be huge investment then you may as well get somebody in and work with this particular group of players that they're going to be stuck with. If they have got plans, then it makes sense to just get through this season. Obviously, there's no relegation, famously, if you're just if you new to all this. Um, so, yeah, an interim coach is, is absolutely fine. So it depends on the, the club's approach. Um, but what's interesting is, you know, we look at teams that are down the bottom like Miami. They've brought in a few players and we're saying, yeah, well, they're going to make the playoffs. You know, it's not over yet. There's still opportunities for teams at the bottom, but you look at Colorado and you're just like, it's not happening. No, definitely, they are one that I am happy to stick. Uh, I'm happy to stick this house that I'm sat in right now on the fact that they won't make playoffs. Um, yeah, I think it's a good point you make. It depends on it depends on the options they've got for head coach, but also what they're going to do for a roster. Of course, we saw Toronto last week. You know, bring in. John Herdman, of course, he's not going to start until the start of October, but he will still be there for the end of the season. And, you know, he'll get to work with those players. The Toronto seem to have a, you know, they've got obviously got the main two stars, but then I think 
Toronto have got more say of a squad that you can see them sticking with going forward rather than Colorado, who I don't know. I just see it's just a bit of an average squad. Maybe a head coach can come in and get something out of them and, and be successful, but it does seem like there's a lot of changes uh, need to be made. Um, right, well, we've got two more things we would, uh, we need to talk about on this episode of Stoppish Time. Uh, the first one um, is going back to Leo Messi. I uh, hinted at it before. Carlos Vea. Uh, has been having his say on the impact of Messi in MLS compared to Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And he says that, uh, well, Messi's already won something, so he's already made more of an impact. Zlatan, yeah, he came in, yeah, he brought eyes on the league, but he never won anything. So what was the point? Do you agree with that? Or is he is he underestimating Zlatan's impact a bit there? There's three things to look at here for me. The first, uh, let's just get the elephant in the room out of the way. Zlatan played for LA Galaxy and there's a huge rivalry there. And uh, Carlos Bayer was never going to start saying that Zlatan playing for their rivals is, uh, you know, had an incredible influence on the league uh, or, or on the city. Uh, so with that out of the way, I think something worth noting is uh, the impact that we specifically have said Messi's had marketing-wise. You're bringing in the absolute goat the greatest of all time now Zlatan sure you know he's done he's done some stuff in his career but he's not Messi um so Messi came in a, a bigger part of his career for me as well um and then in terms of you know on the field uh Messi is a Messi's a better player so there's there's those three aspects I think I think he's absolutely right. I don't think it really deserves the headlines that that it's got. I think has anybody made a bigger impact than Messi ever in MLS? Probably not. No, you're probably looking at Beckham as the only one who could uh, you could put in that argument. Um, yes, yeah, I mean Zlatan, incredible player, and he is he was one of a kind. However, yeah, he isn't Leo Messi. You probably put Zlatan in that sort of second bracket you've got Messi and Beckham and then Zlatan and then you've got the likes of Perlo or um you know Chicharito or uh, Lampard, Gerard, Ashley Cole that sort of level of player where there is interest Rooney as well I put into that where there is interest but not the start type of Zlatan or then Messi and Beckham so uh, yeah I mean Carlos Vela probably tongue-in-cheek is saying it because of you know the LA Galaxy uh links but yeah, I don't think there's many people arguing with him. Slatan would probably argue with him, actually. He'll argue with anybody. <laughs> uh, right, now, before we go, let's just touch on this. Antoine Griezmann has been once again linked with MLS. It seems that every season he's teasing it. Um, a few years ago, it was more of a tease when he was playing for Barcelona and doing well at Atletico Madrid. Now it's probably more of a actual... Uh, it's in. It could well happen. Um, he said he's had multiple offers from MLS to go over there. Um, I'd probably put Griezmann in the same brackets as uh, the likes of Gerard and Lampard in terms of an impact he'll have. But he'll still be a, a very good player who will, uh, you know, who will add to the league. Um, I mean, I can assume that you will agree that he would add, add something to the league. What sort of team uh, would you put Griezmann in? What sort of world? Do you know what? Um... Griezmann for me is uh, is actually a player that I'd love to see Orlando move for. Um, I, I think that's a really nice fit. I don't really have any reason why. I think some players just fit certain teams. And I, I, I think bizarrely, uh, Griezmann, I, I can kind of see um, playing, on the, playing on the East Coast. Um, 
I think most teams would be interested in him. Don't tell me that Miami can somehow afford him. I don't know how they get him on the roster. Um, but I I really think that despite the fact that, yeah, he's maybe more of a, a Lampard-Gerrard-style signing now at this point, as opposed to a couple of years ago, um, I think there's a lot of clubs that would move players on from their rosters to get Griezmann on it. Uh, I think he's still a huge impact. Um, hey, Orlando just moved Cara. Maybe, maybe that's what's happening. Maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, I, I actually agree with that. I can see it being Orlando. I think that is a good fit for him. Um, you know, there's a few other clubs. I, I, I mean, you could look at the likes of Philadelphia, but Philadelphia don't traditionally have that sort of superstar. Or they have very good players as a collective, as a team. Um, so maybe not there. I think Spanish speaking is, is huge for for the, the team that he's going to go to. I think that's why Orlando have a, have a huge shout. Um also potentially some Canadian French speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's options, hundred percent. There's options. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see him play as an out and out forward hundred percent. Not because he started to play quite a deep role for France. I want to see him banging in goals. Yeah. I, I think it's what he needs. You know, I think Griezmann was, was such a good player and he still is a very good player, but I think the sort of what happened at Barcelona, then going to Atletico Madrid and not being able to play over a certain amount of minutes per game, that's really knocked him, and I think it's kind of he is kind of in that world of that perfect. It would be perfect for him, a perfect restart. Just go to MLS, and uh, you know, I, I think we need another superstar in there who isn't playing for Inter Miami uh, just to get one back on the Saudi League because they're mopping everyone up at the moment. Um, so we'll have to wait and see uh, if Griezmann makes the move, and uh, maybe it could be in January ready for next season. We'll have to. Uh, We'll have to keep our eyes close to that one. And of course, any movement you will find out on MLS UK show stoppage time. Uh, and on that note, that's nearly it from us for this episode. Uh, if you have enjoyed it, if you've enjoyed us being back uh, after Elliot's paternity leave, before I then do some paternity leave myself um, and you're listening on your podcast provider, please leave us a rating. But Elliot, there's one rule and one rule only. Yeah, it's LA Galaxy style. Sorry, Colorado, you're still not there yet. Uh, five stars only. Uh, and of course, if you're watching the episode on YouTube, please subscribe. Please like the video. Click the notification bell as well, um, if that's still a thing. And uh, you will know as soon as a new episode drops of the MLS UK show. Uh, don't forget as well that you can get 20% off any new jerseys, uh, football apparel, any other stuff as well at Soccer90.com. It's a great website. They're great people. They support the podcast. They sponsor us. And uh, you can get 20% off if you type the pin MLS UK in the checkout and all the latest Euro- European tops from from the top teams. Unfortunately, Bolton Wanderers and Norwich City aren't on there. There's not a demand for it, uh, although we have been pushing for years now. Uh, and of course, your MLS stuff's on there as well. Uh, and they're based at the uh, Soccer Hall of Fame in, in Dallas as well. So if you're in Dallas, if you're over there for uh, a vacation or you're just in Dallas in general, go and uh, visit that. Because apparently, and we've never been, but apparently it's uh, it's well worth doing. Um, right. Well, we'll be back next week, whether that be together in uh, the in Elliot's warm office or studio or not so warm office studio as it turns out or we wherever we're on zoom uh we'll we'll be back next week so from now i've been henry hewitt and i've been elliot holman see ya
Social Podcast Network.